Well, I hope that actually some of the Chinese medicine, or at least the Chinese experience on how they have handled or treated the COVID in the last one year, would be taken into account a little bit more seriously by the West, because after all, it has shown so effective. Had it been not the TCM. China, with that number of population and that limited medical facility, it would have been disaster. So I mean, it's a, a disastrous scenario will happen, but it didn't, and it, on the contrary, it has been doing the best. Stick your neck out. The weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation. Welcome to the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. The coronavirus disease pandemic caused by severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2 has been rapidly spreading globally and has caused worldwide social and economic disruption. As scientists race to develop a vaccine for COVID-19, China has been championing traditional Chinese medicine (TCM) as a way to treat the disease. My guest today is a Chinese who happens to be studying both. TCM and the so-called Western medicine. For personal reasons, she asked me to keep her real name private, so I'm calling her just Angela. Today we are going to be talking about TCM and Western medicine. We are talking about the efficacy of ancient knowledge on COVID-19. Welcome to our podcast, Angela. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. You know, the fact that you've got this Eastern and Western understanding. While also studying traditional Chinese medicine as well as Western school medicine, your opinion and knowledge is particularly useful and interesting. Tell us what's happening in China now. Let's talk about using TCM and some of the results they are getting. How is COVID-19 currently treated in China? At the moment, since there was so-called a third wave happened in China, there were a couple of provinces obviously had a few, maybe hundred to a few thousand cases. But not really more than that. What happened is, of course, they locked down so long. There is maybe ten case for a city with over a million people, so it's extreme hard.、Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, what they do on the treatment front, it is obviously since it happens in the province where actually I grew up with, and、uh, my family members are still living there. So I realized or saw the report that they actually immediately in the first place using Chinese medicine to treat, just to make sure that they do have a good healing rate. So this outbreak in more than two hundred countries recently caused viral pneumonia that was extremely infectious and pathogenic. Everybody knows that. We are referring to the severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus two, SARS-CoV two, the virus that causes COVID nineteen. The Chinese government proposes that both traditional Chinese medicine and Western medicine can be used in combination to treat pneumonia caused by SARS-CoV-2, and TCM effectively provides continuous prevention and treatment. Can you go a bit deeper in this issue? Oh, there's a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, since its outbreak, I was following it very closely, with especially the report and seeing the figures and the treatment. In the beginning, of course, that was an—I、um, call it the school medicine 
which is the Western medicine. It was having quite a sad situation where many people died, especially if one look at what the general medical facility for general public in China per head that is extremely tight. And therefore, that came to the point where then thousands of people who are sick cannot get into the hospital because there was just simply no capacity anymore, as our friends described, because that was in Wuhan. And some of our good friends lived there. So the description was extremely sad that, that hundreds or thousands of patients who cannot get into the ward they were treated in the corridor, sitting, or the heavier ones were laying just on the corridor. Yeah, I mean, in a, in a cold weather like January or February, mm. that even though Wuhan is a bit south, but that is still around temperature like between zero to five. So that is not very nice to be in such a poor condition, which makes it even worse. After then, they started to realize the things do not get under control and there is no Western medicine that can treat. They started to send actually the Chinese medicine and they gathered thousands of Chinese doctors, I mean TCM doctors, throughout the country and they formed the expert team and flew in to Wuhan. And they start to also, of course, build up this military kind of hospital camp where thousands or 10,000s of people were being put in. And they started to use the Chinese medicine to treat and surprisingly, of course, amazed all their colleagues of the Shu medicine doctors. And that becomes then gradually uh, so welcomed because these Chinese doctors just with their herbs and with their needle, they just go in. Someone hardly can breathe. And after a few needle goes in, the guy start to breathe. So this was just like a miracle. And yeah. of course, extremely in- encouraging. So ended up then there were later come to the report, which actually on uh, March the 23rd, there was a central government has a press release. And there they actually gave some figures Maybe I could give to give an idea or how the picture looked like. Yes, so there please, were please. there were seventy four thousand one hundred eighty seven person patient has used Chinese medicine, and the effect effective rate is ninety one point five percent. So sixty one thousand four hundred forty nine people by just in the Hubei province alone used mm. Chinese medicine because that time actually the big chunk is in Hubei, right? Yeah. I mean, that is the province where Wuhan was. So also they use 61,000 some, I mean, people use Chinese medicine and that was 96% of the general patient population, so to speak. And the effective rates is also nine, above 90%. So that way they have vastly reduced um, the 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 severity or turning to heavy case rate that was vastly reduced to something around two to five percent, which the WHO report generally in the worldwide is something between thirteen percent or something like that That's in that amazing. direction. Yeah. That's a yeah. So what they then eventually also in this press conference they also were talking about since China that time have locked down Wuhan and the Hubei province. 
then they started to send the Chinese herbal medicine tea into the residence blocks where people are not allowed to easily go out except by vegetables or something. Huh? And here also they reported a figure. They say in the beginning they they just were managed to send out something like three thousand pieces. They normally is in these plastic bags inside is this medicine. But after three days, the demand becomes ten thousand because people realize how effective it is. Okay. So then by the end, there were more than six hundred thousand people has been taken the medicine. That was distributed to them through the gate, right? They mm, have this mm. compound, you know, and then they just deliver it to to the door, and then people can just come and pick up. So this was amazing. That's great, Angela. Yeah, <laughs> that system of traditional Chinese medicine (TCM) is totally different from Western medicine. Can you tell me what is the basic premise of TCM? Okay, so TCM, the concept is the harmony of humans with nature. We see that the energy flow in around the year has a vast influence to how we are and how we our system work, and therefore the Chinese medicine would see someone fall sick is because the harmony was broken or some energy flow inside of the body was blocked. Either because of too cold or too much heat or that type of reason that how that is the pathogena factor, what the school medicine would call it. Therefore, the Chinese medicine would see any sickness not as what you call it pneumonia or whatever these fancy names, but、mm. they see okay there is too much. Stuff gets stuck in your lung due to the fact that that there was cold or there was heat. Then the whole organ cannot have the proper energy flow. So then that accumulate there and becomes a a problem.、Mm. So that's how then the Chinese medicine would then deal with it from the root. They clear up the thing. It's just like if there is dirt in a place. If you just use the spray, like killing the germs or bugs, especially, but the bugs and germs will come back if you don't clean the room.、Mm. So the Chinese medicine would clean the room. Then there's no space for the bugs and germs to live. Okay, and that is the basic difference between school medicine and Chinese medicine. Okay, thank you. TCM has also featured prominently in China's response to COVID-19 since the start of the outbreak. Domestically, China's National Health Commission regularly promoted the use of TCM in its recommended treatment plan. Is Chinese medicine as curative as it is preventive when it comes to COVID-19? Absolutely. That is exactly. Actually, they also now recently this recent outbreak has exactly showed that because they. Yeah, it's amazing.、Uh, the figure when I saw it was thirty-one、uh, thousand people got, so to speak,、um, isolated、mm -hmm. due to maybe a few thousand cases of outbreak.、Uh, what they did is actually they started to by people who has asymptom people, they gave them already the herb tea, and by doing that. 
basically they were able to drastically drop the confirmed case at the end, and that is, so to speak, a good best example that you can see that. Two days ago, when we first talked about these issues, which was the reason I've invited you to our podcast, you talked about your birthplace. There was some research, some comparison in the treatment of COVID-19 using both TCM and Western medicine. In this research, if I remember correctly, you said that the patients treated with TCM got better faster than the other group. Will you mind talking about this example a bit more? Actually, that's not only now, but also already in the last year during that heavy outbreak, that was already the case. The ones who used Chinese medicine had an average of, or had a, say, I have the paper somewhere here, um, was around 9.9 days shorter than otherwise hospitalization same patients, I mean, similar patients. Mm -hmm. And uh, also the rate from preventing them turning to a heavier case in general also was vastly reduced or almost none in some certain hospitals. Mm -hmm. Also, the afterwards, the side effect is basically hardly to be found because they were just healed. Whereas if you take whatever other way to treat, then you, you, you normally have to carry that whole symptom <laughs> yeah, for yeah, a while, right? Yeah. yeah, that was what has happened, yeah. That's pretty interesting because most reports I've read, at least the ones accessible for me as someone who unfortunately is not able to read the news being published only in Chinese, Western media said that the TCM approaches were helpful attenuating the symptoms. And I would like to highlight the words attenuating and symptoms. You, on the other hand, based on the reports you've studied from China, assured that the cure for COVID-19 is in TCM. Can you tell us more about this affirmation? Okay, that's an interesting thing because actually I was very excited in the first place when I saw the March the 23rd, 2020, this official report, I mean conference from the Chinese government, that actually I checked the whole document, which is still online, that there are Various reporters or journalists throughout the world, there are, I think, American ones and Korean ones, right? So uh, there, there are a couple of countries has showed up, I mean, journalists, they were, they were there with taking all this report from the Chinese government. So I was quite surprised that nothing we could see over here, right, mm -hmm. of anything. That is quite an interesting issue that... Even in China, actually, if you do not closely follow it, you might also just overlook it. And everybody was talking about there is no cure, there is yes. uh, no medicine, and we don't have the vaccination yet. But now we do have the vaccination. What in China happened, interesting-wise, is they are not recommending the chronically sick, elderly or whatever not so fit people to take the vaccination. That was the official recommendation. Still, China has not made it official. Why do you think that is the case? They actually read... This is the funny thing about this public reporting. This part somehow is not coming out. Whereas when I checked this document, already from last April, the Chinese government, the Chinese health minister mm -hmm. has already said, we have the cure, which is the Chinese medicine, and we're happy to help everyone else in the world. They even have actually donated 100,000 pieces of medicine to Italy. Mm -hmm. 
and they also have uh, donated to some to South East Asia, some country. Mm, yeah, I think I read something about exactly. that. Exactly. So I do not know why people do not report that. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking before about different recipes one is supposed to use treating the COVID-19 with TCM according to the region one lives in. How comes? Exactly. Come back to the principle of Chinese medicine, right? That it is a medicine that taking into account what is the pathogenic uh, factor. If you live in a humid place, the humidity is an issue that mm -hmm. makes you sick because it's too much, right? If you live in area like the desert area, which is extremely dry. And this definitely is also can be a reason to make you sick. Mm. If you live at the seaside where you have, again, a different kind of reasons like wind, for example. So due to, since China is a huge country, you do have all this, what I just mentioned. Therefore, for the extremely hot, humid places, people definitely carry slightly different symptoms, mm -hmm. just like the ones who are from the desert area, for example, right? So that's why you have different regions have slightly different formulas. Can you just talk to me about some of the key botanicals that TCM is using in the treatment of COVID-19? This whole thing has a core, core main part of the formula came from about 2,000 years ago, the most classical Chinese herbal, we call it the Shanghanlun, which is the pretty much today the Bible of okay. herbal formula. Mm -hmm. And that formula has been so systematically organized all sorts of sickness in its group and has its key then formulas. And then with these formulas, then You have the ones which go about, you know, uh, with uh, lung attacking factors and therefore you have cough, but then you have the wet cough and you have the dry cough, right? So, and that all come with a reason. And in that case, so they have taken according to this year or this sickness that they have Everywhere is a slightly different, but there is a common symptom similarities. Mm -hmm. And therefore, there was something like three, four of those formulas as a core formula. And then they add on the part where there are too much wind. They use the ones to repel the wind. They have areas which is too humid. Then they're using adding into ingredients which get rid of the too much wetness. Mm -hmm. So that's how it come about, yeah. So this knowledge comes from a 2,000-year-old book. Yeah. That is how actually why, I mean, the Chinese medicine has been so old and it all through thousands of years proved to be very effective because it is based on we humans individually and also where you're from, what is your area around you climate-wise, geographically. So these are extremely, so to speak, precise medicine. We don't do double-blind <laughs> tests because everyone is different. How do you want a double-blind thing will be helpful for everyone? That's just, for us, not possible, unimaginable. Yeah. And again, 
Which kind of herbs is TCM using in this recipe? Okay, that is actually quite a recipe. If someone is interested in it, I could actually translate this formula, the basic formula, because these are stuff in there not as we normally commonly will, so to speak, as part of our dishes. So therefore, if I gave them now, I I guess that doesn't it's kind of puzzling because it no people has probably hardly heard of these herbs okay. or, or most of them but what i can do is i can put up this translation of this base formula mm-hmm. and we can put it onto the website if yes, great. one like it that would be great yeah that would be great mm-hmm. yeah. infection rates show no sign of slowing in many countries while vaccine research and development requires time but TCM's relative lack of scientific vetting means that wider adoption as an alternative medicine outside China remains a hurdle. Why? Look, the point really is this TCM is a complete different mentality, has its complete different logic. And today's world, including even in China, so many people just blindly believe the signs which translate into what you can see is what is correct. Mm. I'm not so sure what you see is the reality. <laughs> <laughs> and, but if people, most people do not accept this, then it has a very difficult way to have them accept this being something very serious and very logical and very fact-proof a medicine. So mm. that's, I see that as probably the main hurdle of today's time. Turning abroad, China frequently supplied TCM supplies and doctors to countries affected by the disease. On March 25th, 2020, a team of 14 medical experts from eastern China's Fujian province departed on a chartered flight to Italy to aid the Italians' fight against the COVID-19 outbreak. Anyway, you told me a few days back that some TCM shipment to Italy was banned because of regulation. I still don't understand why that happened. That's very sad. Yeah, there. this is a very complex issue also on the other hand. On the one hand, you can understand because you people take it seriously, say, okay, if it has not gone through our official approval process, we cannot bring it into the hospital, mm. despite the fact that these medicines are very effective once proven on thousands or tens of thousands of Chinese mm. who has the same sickness. <laughs> yeah, what can you say? <laughs> It's sad. Uh, I will say it does not make any sense at all. <laughs> well, it has its sense as far as the sense can make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the rest, it's very difficult to comment on that. An interview that appeared in the health newspaper Jiang Kanbao with Liu Qingkuang, a senior doctor from a national team of TCM experts, is particularly interesting and informative. Back in 2003... He was a member of a group of doctors who set the guidelines for the TCM treatment of SARS. Can you elaborate a bit? That's an interesting issue. That also was actually the point where I started the following of the Chinese cure for such 
COVID sickness. That was back to 2003. There was, it started from the South China. And what happened was then they have these, that time, one of the most famous Chinese doctor, I mean, TCM doctor, still was alive that time. And he then, after seeing people, because SARS was very heavy, mm -hmm. and when people get it, you immediately get high fever and then gets very quickly to the fatal point. So he saw how harsh this sickness was, and he saw that he knew he can treat. And instead of seeing people just dying every day, he went over to the respiratory department and talked to the chief, say, can I try? so long if we can rescue a few lives. Since everybody was dumbfounded that time, didn't know what to do because the sickness is really harsh. Yeah. So they said, yeah, why not if you come? So he came and he started to treat. And interestingly enough, the patients which was in ward that time was something like 73 patients there and there, except the ones who has died before, right? Mm. <laughs> and then he went in with his Chinese TCM doctor team, started treatment, and 72 was healed and released. That's amazing. Yeah. And one got whatever because he was very old and has other sickness, and so that was a bit complicated. Mm -hmm. But seven, uh, 72 out of 73 was released. That's a huge number. And healed, yeah. And since then, actually, then the central government started to realize the Chinese medicine actually can rescue. Mm -hmm. And since then, many, many teams of the government-led uh, research teams has started to focus on such things with Chinese medicine and trying to also, so to speak, go into process to approve formulas to make medicine ready that people mm -hmm. can just buy through a, um, how do you say, the um, prescription. prescription. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, actually with this COVID-19, this time, last year already through the Wuhan outbreak, that there were actually in certain areas of China, the provincial medical department has approved certain very effective uh, formulas in those regions make ready medicines already. Okay. So that was really uh, a very good news, mm -hmm. even though it's not nationwide yet, because that's another bureaucratic procedure. But yeah, for certain hospitals or certain regions, some medicines were already available, ready-made ones. And this time, after this outbreak in China, they are also making this effective formula, now is on the process to make it a ready medicine, which is a great news. Okay, that's, that's, yeah. that's beautiful. That's awesome. yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Angela, I can see you prepared yourself really well for this talk. I mean, we are sitting together and you are holding some papers. There you got the reports we were talking about all this time. You are being quite accurate with the numbers you are telling. Is there something in these sheets we haven't talked about which might be interesting for our listeners? Um, yeah, there is something which I, through just now the talk, we didn't really actually mention is they have some good experience to share. For example, here 
there was at that time with these few thousand people in one military hospital camp that、mm-hmm. they built over seven day and seven night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was amazing. <laughs> that was and、uh, so some of those were taken over. The med- the whole medical management was taken over by Chinese. TCM doctors, then they shared their experiences. They say, "Okay, we have tens of thousands, sometimes it's a few big thousand of asymptom or light cases, but they are to be isolated here. So they all were here, and what we saw good would be we improve our service, namely provide warm food, warm drink." Try to heat up the room as much as possible. Sometimes it's not so easy because it's tent, right?、Mm-hmm. So that way, after like a week or so, we start to see really sweet pictures that these people, these isolated people, start to do dancing together, singing together. So it become a huge community where then that is also part of the TCM concept that. Your psychological status matters a lot to your recovery,、mm. so that's why that he then pointed out in this central government press release, hoping to share this to whomever might have to be isolated. They promote a good atmosphere, a good warm environment where people feel cared, feel you know with a yeah, yeah, warm yeah. environment. So that was interesting, which showed up here as a. Good experience、mm. to share. Yeah, actually, there's another thing about internationally. They even have done a few Zoom meetings internationally. For example, they were doing it with some American hospitals. Help try to help them give suggestions what to do with certain cases, and、uh, also like in Iran or Singapore. They had also times Zoom meetings where the Chinese doctor is instructing what to do in what cases. Yeah, so such effort was actually with quite like Italy, Japan, Korea. They all had got this type of、uh, online exchange. Yeah, okay, yeah okay. from our TCM expert. So I mean, it's it's a little bit puzzling that why there is so little talked about. Yes, and that's worldwide. And that's exactly the question. In the case of COVID nineteen, alternative practitioners must comply with the Infection Protection Act. It means they are not allowed to diagnose or treat. Many medical practitioners are also holding back. The latter shows, among other things, the rift that exists between Western and Eastern medicine. Do you think an integrative approach is advisable for conventional medical inpatient departments that treat corona cases? Of course, I mean school medicine also has its advantages, right? I mean they have all these so-called life-supporting technologies like these breathing machines, which it's amazing when you have no other way to deal with it, then you support life. So in this case, I would say,、uh, actually, that was all the time the tone. Also in China, the Chinese medicine and the school medicine has been always supporting each other. In this case, for the successful hospitals, they have the checking、uh, if they need somebody need an X-ray. 
you could do it, right? Um, the Chinese don't use X-ray. I mean, the TCMs they use their fingers and they use their eyes and uh, they are X-ray fingers with the fingers exactly. But uh, yeah, so it has been always very helpful when when it comes to rescue life. So every whomever can do what we do, right? So in this case, I would say that definitely is an integrated. Method would be something probably very helpful instead of excluding one party from the other.、Mm. Our point is to rescue life, right?、Uh, this is a difficult time for people in so many different ways. So much of the information we are receiving: wear a mask, wash your hands, keep distance. Tell us how to protect our physical bodies against the virus. Of course, there are almost as many opinions on it as there are individuals around. Still. Considering you are also a professional in the field and still going on studying TCM and school medicine, what do you think about these measures and the way the world is dealing with this so-called pandemic? Let's put it that way. I mean, wearing mask is helpful in a public area where human distance is difficult to be held. That certainly has、uh, its function there. Uh, whether if one is recommended to walk in the forest with a mask, I'm highly doubting about that issue. <laughs> Once again, I think the thing really is not to kill the virus, but to strengthen your own immune system, so that you keep fit, eat the right thing, and keep warm. And here I say something for the people in the West: please just don't. Pick out the milk or water out of the fridge and directly drink in winter time. That doesn't do good to you. <laughs> AstraZeneca, BioNTech, Moderna, these three pharmaceutical companies have already announced that they have developed effective vaccines against corona. After everything we have been talking today, do you think we really need vaccination against COVID nineteen? That's a very sharp question. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> yeah, you see, there is always two side of the people. One is totally against, in general, whatever vaccination, and there are others say, if you want to save life, you have to think about it. So let's put it that way: vaccination for things like polio or tetanus, for example. And I think they are extremely helpful. They are extremely useful for COVID. At the moment, actually, it's so short; nobody even know what is going on with this virus yet. This vaccination came out so fast. Also, one doesn't really know yet what it will bring you or not. So. Since I am a TCM person, if you ask me, I would rather do much more on improving my own strength of my health than doing anything else. I would answer it this way, so as not to upset the other side of the people. Well, this is not a right or wrong request. What I'm doing here, but if I listen to you and after reading all these reports I've read. I think people should look at TCM at least as an alternative. On the other hand, tetanus, polio, most of these vaccines we have to fight these sicknesses. They took a lot of time. I mean, research and human power to develop, 
and a lot of time. And these ones, they were they are so quick. I mean, that's my concern. That's why I'm pretty much scared too. You have a reason to scare about it because I'm also, <laughs> to be honest, I mean, I'm just saying I'm not certain because it has been just too short. I would be a little bit more responsible towards my own health. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> Let's talk about history. Since the beginning of human history, several pandemics have occurred in the history of China. But fortunately, no large numbers of casualties have occurred due to the prevalence of traditional Chinese medicine. Why is TCM so effective for preventing the spread of highly infectious viruses? Okay, that again come back to the basic uh, principle of the Chinese medicine, which is strengthen your own function of the body. So. We say if you have, because Chinese medicine is talking about this qi, which is the flowing of energy. And when you have enough positive and good side of the qi inside of your body, then there is no chance for the bad ones from outside. And that is the basic principle of TCM, that you strengthen yourself before the virus or bacteria has a chance to attack you. It's not that they don't exist, they do, and they do they might even exist inside of your body. But the point is if you are strong, they have no chance. It's just like if you have a very very solid wall, do you think a few worms of or ant that drill some take bit something off will do anything to this wall? No, you don't. Yeah. That is principle and basic. That's why Chinese medicine is preventive and also it can heal once it has a problem. You know, a few days back we were talking about the history of TCM and I told you, and now I'm telling my listeners, I found the history of traditional Chinese medicine for pandemics fascinating. I mean, there is a millennial long history. Can you say a bit about that? Okay, yeah. There are many arguments, but I think they're about how old the Chinese medicine is. But at least there is a no argument is everybody know more or less is at least 3,000 years old. And uh, all these things, there are also various ways people talk about how Chinese medicine become a Chinese medicine. But there is also one thing is like these meridian lines inside of our body, how where which is the qi highway, you call it, you can call it that way, is actually... Chinese medicine is very, very deep-rooted from the Taoist um, tradition. And Taoists already since, I don't know how many thousand years, exists. And their key thing is they, they are caring so much about the well-being, spiritual or mentally or physically. And this Taoists... Since thousand years, they have been observing what happens with the star above us and what happens on the earth of the moving of the star with the year time and what is happening on the earth. So this actually is rather astronomic than anything else. <laughs> that was the pretty much the earliest route where actually the Chinese medicine's theory based on. Of course, there are people ask, okay, how does the meridian come about? How did you find it, right? That were 
having this type of explanation saying, since the Taoists do meditation, they do meditation, they do qigong, they do this type of practice which make them extremely sensitive towards what is happening inside. And that came about that they realize how these qi are floating in in different parts of the body at different times, in different roots. So that's mainly is today many, let's say one school of the Chinese medicine, TCM, is saying that how the TCM meridians come about. Because otherwise you just simply cannot explain that, how you can so precisely saying where and how that links all the organs and then through the whole body that then also at what time which organ system is working and this whole complex system of Chinese medicine has come about. Therefore, in this case, why this Chinese medicine actually is so sophisticated and so complex has therefore become so effective because it is individual-orientated a medicine. So we humans stand in the middle of the whole analysis. It's not, I don't mean a whole human, but each individual when it comes about sickness or when it comes about how you keep yourself healthy and that type of thing. So that is a very individual-orientated medicine. And do most people in China have some awareness of Chinese herbs and herb cures they may use themselves rather than going to the doctor? And unfortunately, the vast majority is not anymore like that. Even though when I was a child, that was still at least a substantial amount of people are like that, who still go to the Chinese doctor very often and uh, using Chinese doctor to treat. But uh, one thing is, still clear, there is a substantial part of it flows in our blood that is just, uh, so to speak, unavoidable. You grow up in such a culture, right? So there are so many common things which all come from the Chinese medicine is deep soaked into the daily life. So people would go to get something when they have a little thing. But also you have fancy Modern people then believe the school medicine is so scientifically correct. Therefore, they would take their newborn and go to the hospital to get needles, antibiotics. And that's, yeah, very unfortunate. Yeah, that's unfortunate. TCM has been a part of Chinese foreign medical aid since the founding of the People's Republic of China. Despite Mao deriding TCM practitioners as nothing more than snake oil salesmen, how is the relationship between TCM and Western medicine in China? In China, the t traditional Chinese medicine, namely the TCM, is heavily suppressed by school medicine. Just merely the fact that modernization has been a driven slogan since decades. Uh, therefore, everybody believes the machines can do so much more and antibiotics can kill an infection so quickly without thinking what then the side effect might be. <laughs> yeah, so that is a very sad thing. And plus the traditional, let's say the tradition has been almost ruined to a vast amount 
during in the last say sixty years. So when you have lost your tradition so much, that's naturally this part of the tradition also will be in a way diminished. Yeah, but there's still hope. I mean, maybe because of this pandemic, people are going to look at TCM differently. Maybe the people are going to use TCM as part of a solution. Maybe there is going to be a change in their mindsets. And、um, that definitely had been my hope, and still is my hope. <laughs> and just like a lot of my other colleagues also had really or has been hoping. Unfortunately, it's just like in the West, the whole media. Does not necessarily promoting that. So, but certainly it makes difference, and I hope it will give the TCM a better chance. And I also hope so, Angela. You are someone studying both TCM and the so-called Western medicine. What do you think might be the best approach to handle COVID nineteen? Well, I hope that actually some of the Chinese medicine. Or at least the Chinese experience on how they have handled or treated the COVID in the last one year would be taken into account a little bit more seriously by the West, because after all, it has shown so effective. Had it been not the TCM, China with that number of population, and that. Limited medical facility, it would have been disaster. So I mean, it's a, a disastrous scenario will happen, but it didn't, and it, on the contrary, it has been doing the best. I'm not talking about, okay, they have extreme hard lockdown, isolation,、um, rules, and measures. This certainly also helps, but if you see. That outbreak in Wuhan, and how they, within that short time, have treated all these people and stopped the whole spreading, that without Chinese medicine would have been not possible. That leads actually to my next question: Are there some other reports that show that this is working not only in Wuhan but in other cities? Yes, since I myself. Is still studying TCM. I'm extremely interested in seeing what type of formula they are using because I almost was sure that time Chinese medicine will be the cure because if you don't have any antibiotics or whatever that kills this virus, right?、Um, that was the whole country basically. All the Chinese medicine institutions start to become so active that they come up formulas for their region to. Treat the cases and to do preventions. So there were actually I read something here in these papers.、Mm-hmm. One hospital used the TCM um, um, nutritional、uh, method to feed their medical staff, and ended up the whole time there was not a single medical staff infection. Wow. I'm extremely curious. I will try to find that out, but that only came out, you know, when I read these materials、okay. closely. That is what really medicine, Chinese medicine, can do. So it is not only about the tea. You also have to eat the right food. You eat the right food because Chinese medicine also says food is medicine. Whatever you eat, right? So that's why 
there are seasonal things. For example, I can give an example like watermelon that comes in high summer. So you shouldn't eat it in winter, but you definitely should eat it in the most hottest time in summer, which is actually a Chinese medicine that could prevent you from getting heat stroke.、Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. It's it's, it's too. It has a lot of water. It has not only a lot of water, but also its characters, its things. So that is what the Chinese medicine say. For example, in autumn, if you have a cough, you should eat this big, long, white radish. If you eat a lot of that, your cough won't come, most likely, because it balances your body. These things all has actually its characters and its function. That's why we say food is medicine. You eat pear in autumn. Because pear, if you cook them or you just eat them raw, maybe for people who are a bit weak, might be a bit too cold. But if you cook it and then with crystal sugar, and that is one of the best preventive remedy for cough. So that is whatever you eat on your table in the Chinese medicine. There is something to say about it. So if you eat the right thing at the right time. Your body is just going to be so strong, and there's no chance any virus or bacteria would bother you. You know, we are talking about TCM, and I keep wondering why are people so reluctant to TCM? Okay, there we can talk about it in two aspects. One is generally nobody think TCM is scientifically correct. Until today, we are still facing a big hurdle that the well-educated school medicine doctors. Do not accept that TCM is a medicine. They think this is just some sort of experience accumulated thing, and this is the first thing. And the other thing, maybe there is some economic reason there in general, because here in this report it actually mentioned if you just treat one case, I'm talking about China, right?、Yeah. I mean, here probably will be. Maybe not that expensive, or maybe even more expensive. That I don't know. They say generally one case would cost something like a hundred fifty thousand, and for Chinese medicine, it's about one thousand renminbi. Okay, one thousand renminbi would be something like a hundred something euro. Aha.、Uh-huh, okay. So okay. it's quite cheap. Of course. Yeah. And then, if you use school medicine in in China, it costs a hundred fifty thousand renmin. So it's a hundred fifty times for a hospital. That means definitely good business if、yeah. they can charge a hundred fifty thousand. And for one thousand, yeah, money is also an issue. Sometimes you have to remedy to your problems in your own garden. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 for free if it is in your garden, right? Yeah. And if Imagine if you just go to any pharmacy and buy whatever this fancy name I can't even、uh, say it. At least it starts from say ten euro, fifteen euro, or even more, right? And that good business money is sometimes can be the devil, and in real sense. <laughs> Now I remember you mentioned something about the TCM knowledge missing in China. Can you go a bit more detailed into this? Okay. Yeah. Sure. You you meant it. Actually, the、um, problem what we are actually in China facing today, the basic TCM university, since all the real good old TCM doctors are more or less disappearing due to just the fact that they are over a hundred year old. <laughs> a lot of them, <laughs> right? Some at some point they have to die, so or they die. Then the real tradition has got. 
lost. And this whole education system has been so much of a score oriented. So people go to university is because they just want to get a university degree. Therefore, just to get the university degree, they just learn because they want to get the score, and therefore to make the students happy, the teacher also all started to just go for that instead of a passion. You do something, you learn something, because it interests you. You are curious about it. That is some what will bring out inspiration. And these are all not the vocabularies there anymore. So from high school, everybody has to get a good enough score to be able to accept it by the university. And then the by university is you have to just to get it is kind of a you know a trend that it just go on, which kills the free spirit of learning. It kills the the spirit of what is called passion. It kills. The inspiration. So, in that case, how can you bring out good doctor? Especially being doctor, it doesn't matter if it's school medicine or if it's TCM. Doctor needs extremely good inspiration. It, it's an extremely challenging job, and you carry enormous responsibility. So, if you have someone who dumbfolded his whole life、uh, through all this school education system. When they come to their table to sit down there to become a doctor, what type of doctor that will be? So this is one thing from the system, and the other thing is, of course, over the last sixty years, the tradition was being told to everyone is something bad, and they smash it, they destroy it. So it's even pretty hard to. To find things to the real root, and when you start to learn, especially such an old medicine knowledge, if you do not go back to the original book and true on something being true by other people, namely, you only read the translated version because the ancient Chinese is a little bit like, so to speak, Latin, yeah, yeah. right? So, um. You need to specially be educated and really get an understanding on that. So if you do not spend too much effort on that, but just go for the translated version, and the translated version has been already heavily diluted, and how do you think you are going to be able to get the real truth from it? So this is this is also partly a reason that today you have also quite. Some incapable, insufficient TCM doctor sitting there、mm-hmm. just prescribes something which won't kill you, but also won't heal. Yeah, and that's、okay. why people believe the Chinese medicine is too slow,、mm-hmm. and they believe the antibiotics is much faster. So this is you also can't blame them completely in that front.、Okay. So that is another reason. So there is actually a trend. In the TCM part of the world, that you do, there are people who started to go back to the root, try to to spread the information, the news, the knowledge, 
on their own channels, since today we have all these channels, right? <laughs> Internet yeah. is a good thing in this case, that they try to correct the wrong understandings. Many of them are doing that with their own effort for free just to try to really bring out the real knowledge to as many people as possible. So that's also, okay, on the one hand, I must say in that front, the Chinese government has done very good thing. They have put all the TCM lectures from various universities or various professors having various lectures of the systematic teaching online you can get for free. And also then you have also these good really well-rooted, well-educated, good TCM doctors who are really trying to promote the right thing also on the internet. So, okay, so there's still hope. Th there is hope, absolutely. There's, hope. there's definitely hope. Well, this was a really enlightening talk, Angela. I would love the news spread among the wider public to eventually get rid of the panic often promoted in the media on one hand, while pushing most other attitudes towards conspiracy on the other hand. I feel that you were telling us on the subject really has nothing to do with avoiding to actually confront the COVID-19, nor with refusing it actually exists. Thank you so much. Thank you. And there we are at the end of the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. You'll find the stories of the Cantari alumni or the Giraffe Heroes, the stories of people sticking their necks out every Tuesday on Spotify, iTunes, our homepage, and every other place where you get your podcast. And if you subscribe, you don't have to look out for us. We'll be coming to you. If there is a friend, a family member, an organization, someone you know who is doing a great work in the community, someone sticking her, his, its necks out, just nominate this person as a Giraffe Hero or tell us about them come and visit us at giraffe-heroes.eu. Next week, I'll be talking with Harriet Kamashanyu from Uganda. She is the founder and executive director of Rhythm of Life Uganda. Her work with girls and women is focused on education, health, human rights advocacy, awareness and economic empowerment. Rhythm of Life is an initiative targeting sex workers in Kampala with an aim of providing health services, counseling and training. My name is Jean-Pierre Aguiar-Durañona and I hope you join us also on our social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. But more importantly, I hope you join us again next week. Stick your neck out. The weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation.